What is up? What the fuck is up? This is Carmine Davis, and you are listening to the Carmine Davis Show. Okay, like, let's do this. Like, let's get it over with. (laughs) Like, I ain't even trying to hold you. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay. What a fucking week. What a week. What the fuck is going on? When I ask what's going on, like, I, I, I need to know. Because I don't know. (laughs) Okay, so the debate. Okay, so let me tell you what I did this week. Okay, I did the same shit I did last week. Hogging and dogging these niggas. And no i worked and i just keep getting all of these what the fuck is going on in 2020 but i love it i love everything about 2020 i know and and here's why i i before i go into that make sure you follow subscribe like this podcast because I don't do this for my health. Last week when I called y'all out, I saw a significantly increase in my followers. So I'm going to call you out again. If you are listening to this podcast and you are you have listened to more than two, you are a fan, like, subscribe, follow. Stop it. Stop playing with yourself. You are only hurting yourself. You're not hurting me because you're still listening. You know what I'm saying? What the fuck is going on? That presidential debate. Okay, so let me let me set the scene. Okay, so everybody was like, where were you during the debate? It was Taco Tuesday, right? So I, you know where I was. I was at Los Rios up in here and coming. These, where you would think would be the Trump city, you know, like, man, nobody, everybody just got up and walked away during this debate like everybody just got up and left all the trump supporters and stuff like that they took off their hats threw them in the trash you know what i mean <laughs> and i'm literally sitting here with my mango frozen margarita with two limes and dying laughing at this bullshit besides the obvious him not denouncing white supremacy which I was not shocked about. Like, I'm like, he's a white supremacist. Like, why would he denounce denounce the people that are going to get him this re-election if he, any little inkling that he has of this new election would be these good old boys. Or what do they call them? What did he call them? Or what are they calling them? The proud boys. Child, okay, so before we hop into the hot topic, because I am not even going to hold you with that debate. (laughs) You saw it. I saw it. We already know. Okay, so, and I'm glad that we all saw it. We saw it. It, There's no more hiding. There's no, uh, no more, no more bullshit. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I'm all 
for it. Okay, before we go on, I want to explain to y'all what is the Proud Boys? Like, what are the Proud Boys? And the Proud Boys is a far-right, neo-fascist, male-only organization that promotes and engages in political violence. It is based in the United States, of course, and has a presence in Australia, Canada, and the United Kingdom. The founder is Gavin McInnes, who is trending right now. Congratulations, asshole. Um, the group was started as a joke in the far right um, in the far right Takis magazine in 2016 by Vice Media. Co-founder and former commentary Gavin McInnes taken its name from the song Proud of Your Boy from the Disney musical Aladdin. The Proud Boys emerged as part of the all right, but McInnes began distancing himself from the alt right in early 2017, saying that alt right's focus is race, while his focus is what he defines as Western values. The rebranding effort intensified after the Unite the Right rally. Okay, the group believes men, especially white men in Western culture, are under siege. Their views have elements of the white genocide conspiracy theory, which I, I mean, come on. If you are living under a rock, you know that these white men feel like they are being targeted. They actually believe that they are marginalized. They believe that they are being under attack, they're under, a, under siege. You know, somebody cut my rope off of my yacht. You know, like, like someone cut the holes in my polos. You know, like they really do feel like they are being attacked right now. So officially the group rejects white supremacy, quote unquote, rejects it. Although members have participated in the multiple racist events and events centered around anti-left violence with a former member organizing the Unite the Right rally in Charlottesville. Charlottesville. The organization or glorifies violence and the Southern Poverty Law Center has caught an alt-right fight club. So Trump's... Oh, girl, fuck Trump. Like, I think, okay. I One thing I love about 2020, this whole election, all of this is... This is validation for the people who were literally like silenced in, during the election when it first rolled around. I remember hearing over and over again about how people were like, you know, oh, Trump is going to rip this country apart. And one of my close friends, Tracy, was one of those people who were like, Trump is a representation of what's wrong with this nation. Um, and another thing, also, one of my close friends, Jocelyn, this is way before, like, when Trump announced that he was running. And it was kind of like a laugh kind of thing back in, like, what, 2015, 2016. And... My friend Jocelyn, she's Hispanic, and she said that there was a Hispanic fortune teller who, this is way before he was um, 
liked it, which I don't like to, I don't even like to mention that, like that, that's, I can't believe this, but because this was the band that I watched on The Apprentice, you know what I mean? Like I admired him as a business person, but I would have never thought of him as my president of the United States. Like that is crazy. Like that, even four years later, like I just can't believe this is the nation that I have been forced to work in. Like, you know what I mean? Like, or make do with. Anyway, so Jocelyn told me and my best friend Sinclair that that a fortune teller was on her television screen that they tune in. A lot of Hispanic people tune into, and she said that Trump was going to actually win the election and he will ruin this country, but it'll be okay. And that she actually predicted that there would be a virus. I'm not kidding. I stand before God. She's telling us this at the Olive Garden in Holcomb Bridge in Atlanta, Georgia. Hand before God, 2015, 2016, 2015, it had to be. Jocelyn was like, um, the fortune teller was like, there would be Trump will win pre- the president. And then he, during his presidency, there will be a virus that would kill so many people. But his presidency would tear the nation apart. But it will be good and good because it will expose so many things that were hidden. And it will begin a healing of a new nation. I believe that. I believe that. I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. Everything has been the truth that that woman has said. I don't know. Maybe it was on Telemundo. It it wasn't on Telemundo. But everything that, and I, I promise you, I'm not kidding you. We laughed her off and kept twirling our Alfredo on our plates and moved on. Everything that that fortune teller, that has been a fortune teller, has said has come into fruition. Now, come on. Somebody. Come on. Come on. If you don't, I, I, hey, I, I, I know him. I believe in him. He is the savior of my life my two pit bulls, everyone around me. But I do believe that he gives people gifts. The gift of sight, the gift of discernment. I was given the gift of discernment. That's another conversation for another time. We're not here to preach. I'm not here. I am here to preach. You listen to me, right? All right. So something's going on. You, you, you fucks with me to a certain extent, but I'm not going to preach to you tonight. You ain't come here for that. We we under so much right now. I'm going to move on. I'm going to move on. That's what I feel about the presidential debate. This is the hot topic from Love B. Scott. I'm going to go into it because I don't really want to give her any ratings. This is kind of for my own documentation to say I documented this. Jeffree Star and Andre are hold. A, 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 okay. 
So I refuse to talk about what happened, how he took that woman from his man, her her husband and kids, or his his wife and kids. I, I refuse to talk about that previously. I touched on it two episodes, three episodes ago. But like I said, speaking from experience, there is nothing, nothing. I, I couldn't tell you, I couldn't sit here and discuss someone else's dirt when I'm sitting here in the same uh, sandbox, you know, kicking up the same kind of dirt. I was at that time I was talking to a married man or he wasn't married. He had a baby and he was still talking to his baby mama. I was, I couldn't talk about it. That's not, that's not which that's not my forte, but there was a reason why I pulled from that person. I was in an entanglement. Okay. I pulled away from this person. I was dealing with my own demons at the time when this was popular, like the story was popular. So I'm not going to sit in here, put my mouth to this mic and give y'all some bullshit and preach to y'all about something that I'm doing secretly. That's just not my bag. That's not my thing. If you're listening to me, you're going to hear my truth. You're going to hear... I'm not going to turn down somebody or tear someone down that's doing something that I am doing without telling you how I did it and how I made it on the other side. Now, that being said, Jeffree Star's boyfriend, Andre Marhold, allegedly stole from him and won't answer his calls. What kind of lowlife fucking scum does that? Well, I'll tell you. Okay. That's what Jeffree Star says. And this is coming from lovebscott.com. Thank you. Hey, Love B. Scott. Hey, B. Scott. My love muffin. All right. It's unclear what exactly transpired between the two, but Jeffrey has had to resort to social media to get in contact with his ex-lover. In a comment, Jeffrey accused Andre of stealing things from his home and called Andre low-life fucking scum. If you click the description, you can see a screen grab from where our Miss um, Star has commented under Andre's Facebook post. Well, yikes. Well, at least Andre Baby Mama still wants him. She has issued out saying that they were living together when he left for work and popped up on social media with Jeffree Star. Now, I'm going to tell you, the difference between me, well, I'm going to tell you, Jeffree Star was downright wrong in a million ways. I spoke about this on the show before about, I'm going to go ahead and put her in that group of white girls that feel like they can take our men, black women, <laughs> black women's men, and, and flaunt them and laugh and assimilate to our culture and take things from us. You know, she all of a sudden taking ass photos and Fendi and and tracks. Now she got her a brother at the house. Whatever. Now, Jeffree Star is uh, one of the... Uh, he's one of the main reasons why I will never get into the beauty industry as an influencer. Never. I don't... I cannot deal with those ravenous type of people she's disgusting i want to keep it real maybe it's the um margaritas from los rios or something that's getting to my system i'm gonna tell it like a ti is like 
I think Jeffree Star is what he is the scum on the shoe of this country. We just keep walking, walking, walking with him. And nobody just was like, hey, let's pick this gum off our fucking shoes. Like, he is the worst type of person. Jeffree Star has admitted he's spoken race, racial. He's no different than Trump. He's the beauty industry's Trump. He's the Trump of the beauty industry. The difference is once he... Black men are this, they always do that. Black men are, you, you know, niggers, you know, monkeys, you know, what is another one? Um, fucking gorillas, you know, all kind of shit. They can throw racial slurs, but secretly, secretly, they want to get their box banged out by one of those gorillas. And once they do, all of a sudden, they're sister. Now they're ready to, you know, dance with the motherland. But you are not ready to deal with the men of our culture as much as you think you are. Like I said previously during my FUBU series about biracial couples, I feel like a lot of people like the idea of being with a brother or a sister even, but are not equipped to deal with what mentality comes with that. Our culture, you want the fashion sense, the Street cred. The same thing I say about Kim Kardashian all the time. All the time, but there are things, a language, a coding, a there's there's a sickness in our community that you have as your the partner of someone of African American descent. You have to kind of somewhat remedy. Now I don't believe in let allowing them to disrespect you. This man was stealing from you, Miss Star. He had to go. I don't care what race you are or where you're from or what, whatever. If a man is hitting, stealing, hurting you, he's got to go. That's something that we need to also unlearn as African-Americans is stop allowing these men to shoot you, beat you, throw you down a flight of stairs, treat you this way because you're trying to stay down. We all want to stay down, you know, like it, no, no, stay down for yourself, have some self-respect, but he would have never done that to a sister the same way. He used you, girl. Miss Star, if you listen to this show, you know, listen, sister, I don't, I don't, Carmine Davis does not care for you. I don't care for your things you do. I respect you as a businesswoman. I think what you've built from the dirt, from your trailer park, is amazing. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think what you have, and I'm a trailer girl too. People don't know this. They think I'm a Cosmo girl, but I'm a trailer park girl too. I'm from Mississippi, baby. So I know, I'm, and I didn't mean trailer park in a racial sense. I mean, we were both from nothing. So I recognize, game recognized game. But you have disgruntled, marginalized, attacked a, a, so many people on your way to the top. 
you're going to see it all over. And it's going to start in your house. You being so quick to showcase this man as a sense of putting him in the center of your brand, trying to rebrand yourself as down or as a as a hood girl, trying to give yourself maybe that Kim Kardashian clout. Make sure that that man is built to last. Make sure that that man is there for you other than the attention and the clout. Make sure that you see him looking away when it's time to take those photos. Make sure that he's not looking somewhere else, like maybe behind him. That's his wife and his kids. Before you sit around and take them. You ain't never seen no pictures of me and my married men. It's a problem. It's a sin. It's, it's an issue. It comes back to bite you. Like I tell my friends all the time, I'm never going to flaunt my dirt like that. Like, that is an issue that I'm having. I got to get rid of this person. <laughs> this is not built to last. I'm never going to trick myself into thinking that me sleeping with someone who has a whole bitch at home. A black woman at the house. That somehow he will make room and do right by me. Girl, you fucking, are you, is it crack? Is it crack? You are no better than that black woman he has at home that he gave a child to. You are no better. You are no, and I'm, when I'm speaking to you, I'm speaking to myself and any other gay and with a married man right now or any woman that is seeing a married man, he will never do you right. He will never stop lying to yourself. No, you're not the ex exception. You're not. You're the collection. You hear what I'm saying? Let it go. And Miss Star, let that shit go, girl. And you <laughs> look at that lady and look at you, girl. Look at that lady and look at you. You did not think. Anyway, moving right along. Okay, so that was our hot topic. If you are still here, smash that follow button, subscribe, like, rate, give me five stars because I am a vice store bitch. Okay? Give me my gods. Give me my tens. Okay? Anyway. Artist Spotlight is always our midsection. My favorite, the meat in our sandwich, baby. And this week, someone told me they wanted to hear the story of Lil Mo. I don't have much to give you, but <laughs> I feel like Lil Mo is one of the most underrated artists of our time, I think Lomo is a figure piece of the 90s, um, the early 2000s. I think her influence is still present, effervescent even. Um, nobody quite did it like Lomo for better and for worse. All right, so let's go into it. If you don't know who Lil Mo is for some odd reason, 
Um, Cynthia Karen Loving was born November 19th, 1978. She's known professionally as Lil Mo, an uh, American rapper, singer, songwriter, television, and radio personality. She is better known for her single as Superwoman Part 2 featuring the unknown rapper at the top. Note it. Note, put a pin right here. The unknown rapper, Fabulous. Remember Superwoman Part 2? No, 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 don't. Okay, she first gained recognition as Missy Elliott's prodigy. Put a pin right there. For those people wondering why am I doing this artist spotlight on Lil Mo, put two pins already at the introduction. Two pins. She is recognized as the prodigy of Missy Elliott. And she has been featured on record-breaking singles, including Hot Boy, all of Ja Rule's Grammy-nominated singles. Um, she penned them herself, put it on me, and I cried. I'll put our third pen down. So another rapper she put on. Okay, let's give it, let's kick it back. Mo was born into a military family. Her father, Bishop Jacob D. Loving, and her mother, First Lady Cynthia Loving Sr., raised her primarily in Long Island, New York, but moved regularly to her father's military assignments. The family lived in Texas, Georgia, and North Carolina before settling in Baltimore, Maryland. As an adult, Mo moved to New York City's Manhattan borough to pursue her music career. Um, in the beginning, Mo began her career as a backing vocalist, session musician, and songwriter like the likes of Faith Evans, Mariah Carey. So many other artists started this way. In early 1999, 1980, 1998, while submitting demo material to Elektra Records for Nicole Ray's 1998 debut album, Make It Hot, which was, I got what you boom, Got what you need. Can I get another shot? Okay. Make it hot. Mo caught the attention of Missy Elliott, who helped her land her contract deal with Electra. On June 29, 1998, Mo released her debut single, Five Minutes, from the soundtrack for the Frankie Lyman bio biographical film, Why Do Fools Fall in Love with that soundtrack? Y'all got to go back and listen to that right now. The Why Do Fools Fall in Love soundtrack has some of the best uh, from the best of the R&B 90s groups. And Vogue, um, Coco as a solo artist. They say he'll be back. They say he go to the store. He probably, y'all gotta go listen to that. Uh, get on the bus. Better catch a cab. Get on the bus. I ain't got no time for you. Talking all that junk by Destiny Child. It had it was it was a stacked record. Water Fools Fall in Love, the soundtrack. The song was planned to appear on Mo's debut album Hyper when it underperforming in the US. It was pulled from the final track listings. Mo's debut album was originally set to the released to be released in March 1999. However, it was pushed back multiple times during Electra's attempt to revamp Mo's image and sound. Mo gained further exposure during the time for her features on Old Dirty Bastards cover of Billie Holiday's Good Morning Heartbreak, 
Mostly Elliot's record-breaking single, Hot Boys. He's a hot boy. Which spent 18 weeks of number one on the hot rap singles from December the 4th, 1999 to March the 25th, 2000. And Ja Rule's single, Put It On Me, which was a hit on both urban and pop radio and reached number eight on the U.S. pop charts. More collaborations by Ja Rule and Lomo followed, including I Cry, which repurposed to the, o- the OJ's 1970s hit, Cry Together. Um, and during her breakthrough on her album, Based on a True Story, that came out in 2001, um, April 2000, Mo released, ta-da, her first solo single after years of successful collaboration and features. Mo would finally release a successful hit of her own, Superwoman Part 2, her second single from her upcoming album. The single was released on March the 6th, 2001 and piece at number 11 on Billboard Hot 100. Number 11. Number 11 in the early 2000s for an R&B song. Number 11, Billboard Hot 100. Number 11. Putting on the fabulous, the rapper. So she really... (laughs) She is the godmother of rap, which was so hot off. She called. She put Ja Rule on. Fabulous, just to name a few. She worked with ODB. She put Fabulous on. Come on. On June 26, 2001, Mo's debut album, Based on a True Story, was received, was released to generally favorable, review, favorable reviews. The album peaked at number 14 on Billboard 200 and attained a gold certification from the IRAA, making it most success, most successful album to date, of course. In August 2001, Mo released her follow-up single, Gangsta, Love for the Streets. However, it failed to match the success of her predecessors. While recovering from being assaulted from with a champagne bottle after a performance in San Francisco, which I remember hearing about this, but that was before social media. You know what I'm saying? Like that was before you could actually like find proof that something happened. You would hear it from me. I heard it from my older cousins. Like my cousin April always kept me up on artists like this, and they said, you know, girl, you heard about her getting her ass whipped with the, the you know, the champagne bottle. But I didn't know that that was real until she was on R&B Divas, which we'll, we'll get to that. Um, Mo began her radio career working as a part-time anchor for Baltimore's urban radio station, WXYV-FM. The same year, Mo began her prepara- preparations for her second album, Meet the Girl Next Door. The album was released April 29, 2003, preceded by the single Forever. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, boom. Dun, dun, dun. boom, let's make it official. Okay, anyway, and Ten Commandments. While Mo promoted the singles on shows such as Jimmy Kimmel and Soul Train, she would later criticize Elektra for their lack of support and minimal promotion for the album, which she attributed to being pregnant at the time, which, you know, later on she... Had like four or five babies. While recovering... Oh, no, no, no. Mo began releasing singles as an independent artist under the production company Honey Child Entertainment, which was first founded by Mo in 2000. 
on August 28, 2007, Mo released the album Pain and Paper, distributed by Koch Entertainment and Drake Web Music Group, and selling in over oh, and selling only 6,000 copies. Uh, now, to put that in perspective, this was in 2006. Three years later, I released Autograph and I received over a million downloads and streams. But we're not here to talk about me. We're talking about Lil Mo. But the great thing about that was she was one of the first to go independent. In 2006, people were scared to kind of jump out into independency. A lot of people were not on that independent tip. They were kind of afraid of it. They were still trying to do work independently to uh, like appease a major label or to attract a major label. Lamo kind of was the first to kind of put herself out there. And although it was 6,000 copies, that was 6,000 copies that she had herself. So anyway, it singles Sometimes I featuring Jim Jones and Lucky Her failed to chart. In 2008, Mo signed a two-album deal with Global Music Group and began work for her fourth album, tentatively titled Tattoos and Roses, The Rebellion Against My Pain. The album was initially planned to include a single disc featuring Mo's live performance. However, this was eventually scrapped. I don't know who wants to hear that. But on May 8th, 2011, Mo released the mixtape P.S. I Love You. On November the 1st, 2011, Mo released P.S. I Love Me in conjunction with Bronx Bridge Entertainment and Distribution, distributed by Fontana Distribution. The album was preceded by the singles On the Floor, I Love Me, featuring Tweet, and Take Me Away, featuring Mayno. So basically, she kept it very New York, very Baltimore, very hood. But anyway, television career, The Scarlet Letter, retirement, 2013 to present. In 2013, Mo became the cast member of the reality television series Army Diva Los Angeles, which premiered on TV One on July 10th, 2013, which was a mess. Which was a mess. Army Divas was the worst and the best thing that could have happened to the majority of these women. I mean, all of them. It got people talking about them, but my God, the only person who came out smelling like a rose and all of that was Faith Evans. Like, <sighs> anyway, which premiered on TV One on July the 10th, 2013, the season's reunion special garnered a total of 834,000 viewers tying with the debut of the sitcom The Ricky Smiley Show as the network's number one telecast amongst adults 25 to 54 in TV One history. On September the, t- September the 10th, 2013, Lil Mo released the song I'm a Diva via iTunes. Another non-single L's Up was released the following week. On October the 26th, 2014, Mo released the fifth album, The Scarlet Letter, under Penalty Entertainment, which I actually went and purchased. Don't ask why. Don't. I don't judge you. You don't judge me. This is this. This is a safe space. I bought the album. Anyway, the album was preceded by the single Should Have Never Let You Go, as well as her second mixtape, No Shit Sherlock, which featured <laughs> contributions by DeBrat 
and songwriter Tyson T.C. Mack. On April 26, 2015, R&B Divas Los Angeles ended after its third season. Thank God. It tore down all those women's careers. Every last one of them. What a mess that R&B Divas was. I sometimes, sometimes this is a side note. Like sometimes I come back and, and I watch it. I watch Army Divas uh, oft, actually pretty often. And every time I watch it every year, more and more, as like I would think to myself, even to this day in my career, I would never have signed up for that, let alone do a second and a third season. Oh my God, what a fucking mess. But I'm glad that they did. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, does that make any sense? Like, I would have never done the bullshit, but I'm so glad that them hoes did. But anyway. In January 2016, Mo began hosting the WKYS radio show, The Fam in the Morning with DJ Quicksilver. She was fired from the show in February 2017. Um, let's find out why. Why was she fired? Uh, oh, they say that she was not fired because of Spike Lee and Chrisette con- the controversy. Um her radio termination had nothing to do with the Chrisette Spike Lee. Oh, what is this? Okay, hold on. She was fired over unprofessionalism, and it had nothing to do with her comments that she made. Okay, she was fired for being unprofessional. <laughs> what a mess. They don't make divas like that no more. You know what I'm saying? Like, all the other girls are so polished and so boring and so, no, I'm, this is a bitch that, you know, they used to, like I tell my friends and Claire all the time, they literally pull these bitches out of the hood, put a mic to their mouth, put a pen in their hand, soak them, drip them, drip them, drip them for what they could provide and sew them back in a hood. And with no real understanding of where their money went, how to make more of it, how to profit off of what they've done, we'll get to the most situation in a second but anyway she also went on to appear in we tv's marriage boot camp reality tv stars 12 hip-hop edition which was a fucking mess on october 25th 2018 mo announced her retirement for the music industries to pursue her career in law so that's where we end her um, in 2001, Mo met her first husband, her first husband, her first husband, Augustus, Augustus Gus Stone at a Washington DC gas station. After dating for five months, they wed on, they wed on August 29, 2001. On August 19, 2002, Mo gave birth to their first child, Heaven LaVon Stone on February the 24th. 2005, Mo gave birth to the couple's second child, God Goddess, girl, G-O-D asterisk I-S-S, Love Stone, in 2005, <laughs> December, she filed for divorce. The divorce was finalized in October, August this 2007, though the marriage she became, through the marriage she became 
The stepmother to his sons, Jerez Coleman, who in June 2014 appeared as Kid Cole on an episode of MTV's television series Catfish. What a mess. Um, She married gospel recording artist Philip Bryant on January the 16th, 2009, and Mo gave birth to the third child, Justin McKenzie, Philip Bryant. On July the 10th, 2012, Mo gave birth to her fourth child, Jonah Maddox, Philip Bryant. The couple separated due to his infidelity and officially divorced on December, September 15, 2014. Are you keeping up? On October the 1st, 2014, um, less than a month, Mo married professional boxer Carl Dargan, which was my favorite one, on August the 28th. Y'all have seen his nudes and all that if you haven't. Look him up. It ain't all that. Like, his whole mess was a mess. Like, called, like, that was a mess. Like, I'm talking ass play, dick pics. Like, it was a mess. So, anyway, on August 28, 2015, Mo gave birth <laughs> to Carl Sher- Sharif Dargan Jr., her fifth child, and Carl's third. In 2018, at the reunion special of Love & Hip Hop New York, Mo announced that she was expecting her sixth child. Mo admitted on social media that she had suffered a miscarriage a month after the the reunion aired. God bless. In May 2019, Mo announced that she had left Carl and had spat on, and he, after he had spat on her in front of the children during an argument. Whoa. Mo revealed in later interviews that he had physically abused, been physically abusive throughout their marriage. What a mess. In 2003, Mo revealed to Vibe magazine that she struggled with eating disorder in 2000, since 2000, like 2000. In 2019, Mo revealed that she had struggled with opioid addiction. What a mess. But I love it. I love me some little Mo. This is a mess. Do y'all, are y'all following still? We are all the way in the show. We're almost done. Okay, so let's talk about her feud with Ja Rule real quick. Okay, a feud between Mo and former collaborator Ja Rule embroiled in later 2001 when Murder Inc. began favoring Ashanti over her. In January 2003, while co-hosting 106 and Park Prime, Mo sent a shout out to 50 Cent just seconds after she she premiered a Ja Rule video. The incident angered Ja Rule and Murder, Inc. Mo had told the press she assumed BET was going to edit out the shout and did not think the gesture would cause an uproar. What a mess. Ja Rule released the diss track, Loose Change, which targeted Eminem, 50 Cent, Dr. Dre, Chris Lighty, and Lil Mo. Rule credited himself as the reason she had any hits, which I think it was the opposite. In May 2003, Mo released a freestyle diss to Ja Rule, like a real hood bitch. In April 2003, controversy arose regarding payment for Lil Mo's contributions to I Cry and Put It On Me. Let's go. Let's talk about the coin. Let's talk about the coin. Let's talk about the coin. In 2005, Lil Mo filed a lawsuit against Ja Rule, Murder, Inc., and Def Jam over $15 million. In 2010, the two reconciled. That does not mean that they settled. And the next year, recorded a track together called You and Me. She had a beef with Keisha Cole, Lord. 
And the feud between Lil Mo and the R&B singer Christian Cole originated in 2005 by the radio series Star and Buck Wild Morning Show. Mo was reported to have dismissed the vocal talent of a new crop of R&B performers saying they relied on dancing. Cole took offense and went to Dream Hotel in New York City where she encountered Lil Mo's manager Phil Thornton and a stylist allegedly stating, you all are traitors, Lil Mo is the enemy. Lamont shrugged off the incident saying that she told that she <laughs> saying that she told that Cole intoxicated at was intoxicated at the time, which Cole did not hide. <laughs> In March 2013, Cole was criticized by criticized by urban media outlets for her Twitter critique of Beyonce's about out been on. The with this led Lamo to and Cole exchanging hostile tweets over the next few days. Despite the exchange in May 2013, Mo said that there was no beef between her and Cole, and which led the two exchanging hostile messages again via Instagram and Twitter. Lord. And that's the little Mo show, y'all. <laughs> I'm going to end it right there. Normally, we usually end it on a good note. I'm going to end it right there. One thing about Lil Mo that I um, love and don't love is that she had a true love for the game. Or she has a true love for the game. She wanted to sing. She wanted to write. She wanted to do all, but she just did not want to get her business right. But anyway, what do y'all think about Lil Mo? Tweet me at Carmine Davis. Instagram.com slash Carmine Davis. Um, you can email me, show at Carmine Davis.com. The Carmine Davis show at Carmine Davis show at gmail.com. Let me know what you think about Lil Mo and her attributes to the music industry. I think that's crazy. <laughs> okay, so we don't have long. Okay, so let's go right into the love and relationship segment of our show. And this one, of course, is brought to you by Cosmopolitan.com. Shout out to Cosmopolitan, Cosmopolitan.com for keeping the lights on in this beach. Okay, so the pettiest things about you according to your sign. Now, I am not going through all the signs, but I'm going through the ones that are significant to me. If you want to see yours, if I didn't mention it, click the link in the description. Click the link. Read yours. Let me know what you think about it. Tweet me. You know my information. You know my handles. Pull up on me. Okay, so I'm going to start with the tippity top. What is the pettiest thing about the Taurus? While your allegiance above your peers and maturity, you can still be kind of stubborn and you know this. You can be a bit possessive and you might say you don't care that your current boyfriend still follows his ex Instagram, but it still hurts you nonetheless. You're most likely to give someone the silent treatment until you both rot and die. <laughs> That is my ex. Okay, Cancer. So sensitive. Your feelings are very tender. So when someone makes you doubt yourself, you lash out. You get really testy when a friend invites someone you don't like to tag along with you guys. Are you not enough entertained? Are you are you not enough to entertain this person? Are they trying to bother you? What if the other person what if the other two are talking mad shit about you to each other? There's so much to consider. You're most likely to subtweet into oblivion. Okay. That's my best friend. He's a cancer. Scorpio. 
this dude I'm talking to. Okay, you're a queen of manipulation and are done apologizing for it. Some people are just born with the gift of twisting people around and others aren't. Your tolerance for shenanigans and disrespect is very low and you'll go off ASAP if someone does something like, I don't know, say one bad thing about you or to a mutual friend. You're most likely to step up and elaborate catfish experience to try to catch them in a trap. Sagittarius, which is my moon. Everyone's fearful of your words and wit, and for good reason. You can banter with the best of them, and you're unafraid to knock heads with someone in real life. You'll pop off if someone leaves a weird comment on your Instagram because you're always kind of overthinking words. That is me. That's my moon. Don't go to war with me with words, because I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna knock your fucking head off. Okay, most likely to serve a scathing backhanded compliment, like the kind of shit people will plagiarize and take <laughs> take for their own. It's that kind of that is true. Capricorn, my sun sign. You consider yourself to be above the fray when it comes to petty drama, but you know deep down that you're one of the pettiest around. <laughs> You have no issues with calling someone out right there on the spot and will retain your cool, almost terrifyingly composure till the end. Oh my God. <laughs> what really gets you pissed though is when someone cancels on your plans. You're a busy girl and don't have room in your life for people who waste your time like that. You're most likely to straight up sabotage. Oh, they applied for their dream job for the company when your BFF also works. Funny, for some reason, her application did not go through. So we... <laughs> what a fucking mess. Okay, make sure that you... If I didn't read your horoscope, this was scarily accurate. So accurate. If I did not read your horoscope, make sure you go and click the description in the description. Click the link in the description. I'm sorry. And um, that's our show. That's it. This has been a mess week, y'all. What the fuck is going on? What are we going to do with America? You know what we're going to do? We're going to burn this bitch down and start anew. Fist up in the air, y'all. We're going to make it. We're so close to election. Go out and fucking vote. Vote, 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 vote. I'm going to go vote. I have to go to Mississippi to vote. What a mess. Okay, but go vote. Go vote. Go vote. Vote. There's a link in the description to register. You don't have long to go register to vote. We're so close. We're so close. Hold on together, y'all. Hold on together. And even after we do elect this orange green motherfucker out, we have to band together and work together and rebuild America in the image that it should have been in the first place. I love y'all. Thank y'all so much for listening. And God bless y'all. See y'all next week. Don't forget to follow and subscribe.